Check one, check two, here we go, this is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Oh man, I'm excited, I am enthused. I got some good news, I got my man. Uh, this guy knows more about cannabis and the growing of cannabis than anybody on the planet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the only thing is uh, he does a lot. Compared to me, he knows a lot more about cannabis. And I'm, I'm so honored to have him on the podcast. Uh, he was a writer for High Times Magazine. He is now the head editor or one of the editors of a new magazine called Leaf. Um, and I'm excited to have him on. Please give it up for Danny Danko. <sighs> Danny, how's it me. going, man? Uh, it's great. You know, just uh, like you said, I've been working on the Northeast Leaf magazine, um, part of the Leaf Nation magazine family. And uh, yeah, just trying to teach people to grow their own, and especially at this uh, at this time. Yeah, man. Um, so I've known Danny for almost over 10, 15 years. You know, I uh, he's one of my closer uh, friends over at High Times, and um, he's been writing about growing cannabis. And right now during COVID, I see it and I checked out your Twitter right before the shows. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the data, just the data as, as, as Cuomo would say, what's the data <laughs> on cannabis? I saw well, something about the first week of pot being legal in Maine, it made a quarter of a million dollars. What was that? Yeah. yeah, that's true. And there's not a ton of people in Maine. So that's, you know, and not a ton of stores. So that's pretty substantial. Um, but yeah, I mean, cannabis has gone, you know, from uh, being criminal, you know, in most cases to being essential at this point. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of money being made in the cannabis industry right now because people are home, uh, you know, they're bored <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's become essential. So people are getting home delivery. People are, are doing curbside pickups at dispensaries. You know, the underground market, of course, is still as always thriving. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I think it's something people turn to, especially as an alternative to, um, you know, uh, poisons like alcohol and opiates and, and um, nicotine and things like that. And I think once they realize that cannabis is a, is a healthier alternative to all those things and will not only uh, prolong your life, but make that time uh, more enjoyable, uh, that people are just more interested and, in, in, you know, not just cannabis is selling, but all the, you know, the, the magazines, the books, uh, the media, all of it's doing pretty well um, for the most part. And uh, I think it's just a sign of the times. Yeah, man. I mean, I was just going to say, and you're, you're hitting it right on um, that it is the, uh, the quarantine drug of choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have to go through a quarantine, you better have some cannabis around. I don't know. That's what, uh, that's what I think, because uh, I saw Seth Rogen said it perfectly, was like, this is the perfect time just to get home, stay at home and watch movies and watch Netflix and get high and hang out with your fam and your loved ones, but stay safe and stay cool. But it definitely helps keep your head and fight the boredom and the restlessness, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it enhances those things, whether it's, you know, watching a movie or taking a bath or whatever it is you might might do, just, you know, going on the roof deck and 
and uh, you know, when was on the a last jet. time you took a bath, Danny? <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm yeah, not really oh, a bath. I did so. I did some bath salts. Once in a while, yeah. Once in a while, you know, if I'm sore uh, from a workout or something like that, I'll I'll, I'll bust out one of these like funky uh, CBD bath salt kind of things oh, that dude, I get. Those are the bomb, man. Those yeah, are like they work. Have, have oh, you had a lot of those? They work. Yeah, I mean, if there's they Epsom work. salts, no, everybody CBD, knows that. Yeah, for sure. We stayed, I stayed at a house. Somebody lent us a house just for to get out of New York and in the cabinet and they weren't pot smokers, but uh, there was aspirin and a bottle of CBD. You know, it was just like straight up CBD. Like it was for headaches. Like I, it's just going, cannabis is going so mainstream and it's so exciting. But as you know, we, I mean, I mean, we live on the East Coast, and especially in New York, it isn't as cool as it is in, let's say, is Vermont wide open right now? Uh, well, they just they just had it go through, come through their legislature, and the governor decided not to veto their legalization bill. So it's going to be sold in stores in Vermont, but they're not they're just not open yet. But that is recreational. Right, right, along wow. with Maine and Massachusetts, and I mean Massachusetts. I just drove through. Uh, Massachusetts on my way down from Maine last weekend uh, and you can just you know pull right up into the parking lot of a dispensary order on your phone they come right out and drop it off in your car and and you know there you go I heard about this man. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty yeah, amazing let's talk about this yeah and you're from the Boston area so right. this must be like a sweet homecoming to you the same thing for me when I go down to DC it's gotten wide open but in terms of the East Coast, I think is Massachusetts one step ahead of everybody else in like recreational marijuana or cannabis? I don't even like calling it marijuana. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think Massachusetts is at the forefront for us here on the East Coast for sure. Um, but, you know, it's nice and I, I like what they've got going on, but I'd also like to be able to go uh, to the farmer's market and purchase cannabis from a small batch, you know, farmer who I know grew it, you know, in the sunshine and, and you know, with proper uh plant foods and, and stuff and no pesticides so i you know it, it, it we haven't gotten to the the promised land just yet but i do think that massachusetts is is leading the way um, yeah, you and i but, are on the same page and i definitely you know, support small business i mean if you're american right now and what we're going through support all small businesses fuck amazon fuck all walmart not to get yeah, political it, on this you're shit, gonna get a higher quality product too yeah I you're mean, gonna get a higher quality product from, from the mom and pops and you know the, yeah. the smaller one thing i've learned over the years is is the bigger you grow the more that quality suffers and i've okay. seen grow rooms that are close to a million square feet you know i mean we're talking about like airplane hangers full of plants growing and they're just mids they're schwack because there's just no there's no way to grow high quality and that's fine uh and i do think that that there should be that part of the market and i think yeah, a lot there of those should be that part well of the and a lot of that stuff connoisseur or of course and, and i which i am and and you are and we're gonna we're gonna want the best and the highest quality comes from uh the mom and pops the small batch grows um the people who you know have a tent you know or you know a couple of lights in their basement whatever it might be that's where the quality is and i and and that's kind of what's missing in uh you know these multi-state operators that are uh you know growing these huge amounts it's great and i love to see it and it's far better than you know the prohibition era of people going to jail and and having to hide but uh 
but there's still a ways to go. You know, we got to free all the prisoners that are locked up for yeah, cannabis. It's a new business and it's exciting. And I, that's why I've stuck with this podcast. And, you know, because I just knew that eventually it's going to come around and hopefully New York will become like Amsterdam if they were smart. Whoever's doing the stuff, you know, if they would smart, they would definitely look and study Amsterdam and also study Colorado and also study California and try to do it right here. But it isn't all about money and it is all about small business. And you're 100% right. Like with growing, it's a very, you know, plants is a lot like surfing. Somebody described surfing like it's not a machine out there, you know? Right. Every wave is different. Right. You have to adapt and you have to adapt and it's always changing and you can go to the this dopest spot and have the best board and everything and you might just get dull you might not get waves it's just a part or Mm -hmm. you could be in some shitty spot and you get the best wave of your life you know it's just like uh and i think growing cannabis is the same thing like there is a subtle touch and the more you know about it and the more you get your hands dirty with the actual growing of it the more you can maybe curate a beautiful plant Yes, 100%. And I, I, you know, I'd also like to remind people that it's uh, legalizations on the ballot in New Jersey, uh, this November, uh, just a couple of weeks away. So if, if, if you get your ballot, it's on the back of the ballot. Uh, you know, you have the opportunity to legalize New Jersey, if New Jersey goes, New York and Connecticut are going and that's it the whole, you know, the, the whole game of prohibition is over at that point. The majority of the- loves weed, man. Red man <laughs> it's the garden Red man, the rapper. It's Dude, he's always State. held herb down. Redman has <laughs> always held herb down in hip hop. Right. And they have medical now, but it's very limited. And so, you know, we just need to open up the markets and, and let the let the markets decide. That's what people are always saying about, you know, uh, capitalism. And I think, you know, this is one instance where you have a group of people that are actually willing to be taxed. We want to be taxed. You know what I mean? Like no one else in the world, everyone wants their taxes lowered. But if if the if the option before us is going to jail or paying a little tax we'll pay a little tax no wick whoop you know what i mean like yeah uh, we just want to be you know we just want to be free you know we want to be safe and not scared that you know we're going to lose our jobs or get or, or get busted or you know all those things that you know the bad parts of, of prohibition you know it's it's Times just are so, so it's on the ballot and people can vote and like i said if new jersey new york and connecticut go that's it. There needs to be a there. There will be a federal change at that point because, you know, you've got Oklahoma and Florida, places like that where it's becoming legal. So, if that's the case, then the whole country needs to be legal, and then the whole world. Is it recreational in Oklahoma? That's what I've been hearing. It's medical, but it's very. Uh, it's it's got a low entry point for people to to open businesses and for people to, um, you know, go and purchase cannabis. So. It's it's wide open and it's Is becoming the one of the Florida? new frontiers. It's uh, yeah, Florida's medical, but also considering uh, going rec and and their medical has expanded so that they now have flowers uh, as part of their medical, which we don't here in New York, um, as you may or may not know. But like our dispensaries are very limited to just you know vape pens and 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 tinctures and things. There's no flower, no no concentrate. Oh, flower is so, what it's all about, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a flower guy. You're you're a flower guy. Coffee and weed. I got a remix though. Uh, coffee and a dab. That's what I grab. Oh yeah. <laughs> I well, got my coffee. Oh, we're gonna hit the studio tonight, my man. <laughs> that's the remix. Right here. Remix. <laughs> remix. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it. Was an honor. It was actually. Grabs. 
I'm, I'm, uh, people might not know, but I'm in your video for coffee and weed. Yeah, you were nice <laughs> enough make to a, be in it. I make a cameo in the video, which is, which was a lot of fun. We sh shot that in Brooklyn, probably over a decade ago, I would think. Uh, or yeah, how long man. ago was that? It was like 11 years ago. I just tweeted it out, and uh, yeah, you retweeted it. Thank you, and uh, I put Arj on it, and uh, yeah, that was an awesome day. That was like 11 years ago that I did the song Coffee and Weed, and uh, we shot the video. Yep, it was the guy uh, who directed the Beast Rick Beastie Manello. Boys. Yeah, Rick Manello and Adam Dubin from the Beastie Boys videos, right? From the Beastie Boys video, I, I mean, I was just so lucky, the right place at the right time and having the right friends, you know? That's what I was talking about on the last podcast. No, I was talking about it with Bill Burr. It was like, right now, and I think you're in that same situation, like my business is more about my personal relationships. You know, I'm out, like the people I talk to is like people I actually know. Like I actually know you and I reached out to you to get you on the podcast. So. I'm just uh, thankful for all the, those relationships that I that I got, and then that in doing that video was so much fun. We shot it at this goofy coffee shop that's no longer there. It was a great like small business publishing house that also mm -hmm. sold coffee called Vox Pop. Yeah, one of those just community spots. You know, yeah, where one of those people can series. hang out and find out what's going on in the neighborhood. And yeah, uh, it was intellectual though too because everybody wrote scripts and Rick. Manello, he wrote some major film scripts, even he passed away a few years ago, but he wrote like this, uh, you know, major motion uh, Two, he sold two major motion. I think like, who's the dude that was in, that played Joker? Like uh, that dude. Joaquin Phoenix? Of, yeah, did one of wow. it. Uh, it was a romantic, like serious drama and he wrote it, but he was a great film guy. But that spot was like, yeah, it was an international like, uh, not international, but like a uh, literary coffee shop. Like people mm -hmm. actually wrote scripts and books there. There was authors. And then they were like a small mom and pop. Like if you had your, you know, whatever uh, book of poetry, they could they could print it up and put it out, you know. Right, right. Like we uh, talked about cannabis for enhancement. There's also cannabis for inspiration, you know, where you're oh. just coming up with ideas. I mean, you do comedy and, and you know, it, it might not be yeah. right. It, the premise of the joke or it might be the, the punchline or whatever it is, you know, you, you're coming up with ideas and, and that, you know, the cannabis can be part of your inspiration. I've talked to lots of, you know, artists of all different stripes and, and kinds. And, and that's that's something they always mention is that it's part of their creative process. Yeah, it, it's definitely a part of mine. And I don't think it's, you know, for everybody, but for me, it definitely helps um, with the writing and ideas and music. It really helps me. A stand-up is so precise that, you know, I have to get a little bit more discipline sometimes so I don't get super blazed out when I have to sit down and like write, write. You mm. know, if I'm writing scripts or I'm turning in shit. But uh, for music, man, cannabis, I don't know. I don't know. I find the groove much better and I can feel the music and it's enjoyable like uh how much are people jonesing for uh live music right now when was the, what was the last live music you saw Danny <laughs> yeah I mean it's been about eight months I actually I was up in Maine uh for an outdoor event just this past weekend I mentioned uh called the community bonfire uh cannabis event that was up there with with some booths and and a stage and there were some bands playing music it just it was like it almost brought me to tears just to hear 
live music being played and, and having someone up there just performing and you know people kept their distance there was a big bonfire it was it was a really nice event uh up in in maine and uh wow that's it, yeah it was the first time i had been around you know that many people and like been a part of you know a cannabis gathering um you know and everybody had their masks and and, and kept distance and we gave away probably 800 magazines there for free um because it's a free magazine which is awesome yeah and uh awesome. just got to see a lot of old friends and meet a lot of new people and uh and but yeah like you said it was it was just great to see to hear live music and you know be a part of a, a social gathering which you know here in new york is has not been happening so yeah i'm i'm about to like stay back in for a while <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah you know, i've been but... laying low but i did see i was at one like social distant like restaurant like barbecue joint mm -hmm. out in long island and somebody played the acoustic guitar and it rocked <laughs> you know it was like, <laughs> totally. i was like i was like oh man this is fucking awesome man yeah. i de i miss live music and gatherings and stuff like that but uh yeah man it's it could uh, be anything cannabis, at thank this God point, for cannabis yeah. and being outdoor event. That just sounds awesome, man. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, speaking of the concentrates, man, uh, like, uh, have, have you checked out Dogface? Uh, no, I don't think so. What's that? What's that? The, he was that viral video, the dude that was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure, of course. Uh, the guy with the Fleetwood Mac song, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's a big dabber, right? Right, he's a big dabber guy, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a huge dabber dude. They showed yeah, his tattoo. Yeah. He had four twenty tattoo, and then he had his necklace that was all dabs. He just had this wax necklace, um, and uh, I just thought that was awesome, you know. And yeah. he was proud of it, and he's blowing up. I love that video. I love Fleetwood Mac. I love oh, yeah. longboarding, and I guess what I was trying to talk about just for a second, because I don't dab myself. It's not a big deal, but I would take one now and then. Um, but it does make the herb last longer. Yeah, and you know, like I mean, if you I can think... buy like a small amount, it's kind of like you should, I mean, it's kind of like high-end hash, right? Well, yeah, and you can do that with flowers also by just by using like a one hitter instead of rolling joints to the face, you know what I mean? Like you can make it last because uh, you don't have to smoke a whole joint to, you know, to get high <laughs> you know yeah and uh typically it's really just like you know four or five good tokes and you know you should be at like a you know a, a good level um and so you know i think that you know it's going to be the return of the one hitter at this point you know people aren't sharing uh blunts and joints and things so yeah you know we're kind of and we're trying to save and and you know economize what we've got because we don't know where the you know the next batch is I had coming that discussion from. for the show with myself like i wanted to roll one because it was you you know i I, <laughs> nah, you got you. It. I don't know if you ever get a chance to uh have danny danko roll a joint for you please take that opportunity because well that's what we do now right? of all time that, <laughs> that's what we do now is you know you roll yourself one and you roll your friend one and you each kind of smoke it in each other's presence rather than you know sharing it and that way uh we can actually hang yeah, out that's the without uh, way. yeah, yeah you without... shouldn't be slobbering all that it's just because cannabis was so scarce and now it's not but i was gonna say yeah i'm totally on i got my glass one hitter right here from gravity that's what i got and then i that's... ground up even some cbd flour that's my move i grind up cbd flour with my regular flour 
and I got some cookies here and it's uh it's great it's tasty I just have one or two and a cup of coffee I'm ready to rock and roll yeah indeed <laughs> I love it um, some stretching <laughs> yeah and I mean you know like I mentioned it's like you're you know people people don't realize they can extend their life and make that make those years better by replacing you know the harmful vices like alcohol uh tobacco nicotine. uh right nicotine cocaine. Uh, all of it you know at pharmaceutical drugs that that you're yeah, given opiates. for different re- yes all of it you know and uh you know those are all poisons and cannabis it's is not a poison cannabis is, yeah and cannabis is not a poison so it's literally yeah, cannabis does not have a toxicity level. I mean, maybe <laughs> might, I think they might I think the only it. way it can hurt. The only way it can hurt you is if a big bale of it lands on your head. <laughs> I think that's an old yeah, Tommy yeah, Chong. Yeah. That's an old Tommy Chong joke. And actually, that's, yeah, that's an old. I've heard that one. I think that was something and, that I would say in the halls of to- high times when I used to hang out there with Danny. Well, that's, you know, that's where we kind of discovered you was after you were on Last Comic Standing, you came to New York and did the marijuana logs uh, with uh, Arge Barker and uh, Tony, uh, Tony Kamin. Yeah, Tony Kamin. Yeah. And And Doug uh, Benson. And then, yeah, Doug Benson joined in and Tommy Chong was a part of that. And that was really like, you know, that was one of the first times that like people really took... uh, you know, cannabis seriously as, as like an off-Broadway subject matter. And like, you know, the places were packed and, and people were lighting up in the crowd once in a while here and there. Uh, but it was, uh, that was really interesting. And like kind of looking back now, like pretty groundbreaking when it came to, uh, you know, live entertainment uh, of that nature, you know, where it's yeah, like, man. you know, not comedy so much as like, you know, a real performance, a, a, a play, you know, based kind of on vagina logs, but, but, you know, taking it to a different level. Yeah, man. <laughs> it was, it was uh, dope. Yeah, it was super dope. What Danny's talking about is a play called The Marijuana Logs, which I was honored and really lucky to get a part in. But the originators are the three guys that wrote it. I used to go see these guys was Doug Benson, uh, Arge Barker, and Tony Kameen. And they wrote this play called The Marijuana Logs, which was a spoof on the vagina monologues. And they all had pot material. They were all three stand-ups and they just combined it. And it was just really silly. And then Arge blew up from Flight of the Concords and um, moved to Australia. So there was a seat and, but they would move in other people. Tommy Chong, like you're right, you're right. Tommy Chong toured with them and a couple while, other while like, he was on pro, while he was on parole <laughs> he was on probation and parole when he was touring with them yeah he, he was on probation. Out of jail. <laughs> yeah. and uh the i don't think he could go to canada there was something about the dates like there was something going down um i remember tony telling me about it but i got to perform it in new york and we got to do the gramercy theater and i think it was like at on the cherry lane theater originally or down there kind of in the West Village in the beginning. And it was like an off Broadway. Uh, th- and I saw it down there and I saw it at the San Francisco punchline. So when they asked me to join, like I, I started my early comedy years getting high and going watching it. <laughs> and I knew all those dudes jokes. And so, but then I got to do my own material in, in it. And that was fun. We did a big tour, me, Tony, and this other comedian from San Francisco, really funny cat, Dan Gabriel did a tour of the marijuana logs up in Northern California around Humboldt and the Golden Triangle. 
and all that murder mountain, you know, area. <laughs> Uh, have you been up there, man? Have you been up to the Golden Triangle? Can you talk on oh. Northern California? What's going on up there right now? Um, I haven't been recently, uh, you know, basically just due to COVID and, and, and the fires and everything. But, uh, you know, it used to be an annual tradition <laughs> to go out there right around, uh, you know, September, October harvest time. And uh, yeah, some of my first big articles came from uh, traveling up through that area and visiting uh you know, some pretty remote growers, especially at that time, you know, we're talking about pre, uh, you know, pre-legalization, pre-everything. Yeah, and, this is uh, like the 90s. Know, yeah. This is people, yeah, just people hiding in the woods and, and hiding the plants, not nothing, <laughs> right, nothing right out in the open, you know, everything kind of along the edges of the forest and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it, there was the some redwoods. Is that yeah. all redwoods up there, man? Well, it's along the coast. It's redwoods, but then when you get in, you know, away from the coast, it's it's you know just hills and mountains and very, uh, you know, difficult terrain in some cases. You know, and like logging roads, a lot of logging roads. Yeah, it's um, very arid and hot, but also mountainy. Like it has not mountainy. It's very green, but there's a dryness. It's it's perfect for wildfires. A lot of mic a lot of different microclimates out there right now. Yeah, a lot of microclimates, you know, where one side of the mountain is is a certain way and the other side is 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 completely different. Uh, so, you know, different places where it's really uh, great to grow and others where it's pretty difficult and, um, you know, a lot of powdery mildew, mold and, and bud rot and things like that that come in kind of around, nice. our, you know, the end of the year. Uh, but beautiful places and, and, and really the economy there basically runs on cannabis. I mean, it used to be logging, you know, before uh, and then the logging kind of fell apart and, and uh, it became cannabis. And, you know, people have built, you know, entire, you know, homesteads where, you know, they've got their wood, you know, their mill and their, you know, everything they, they have is right on the property. And they've done that just by growing year after year and just improving and, and adding on. And it, it's, you know, something that's handed down generation to generation, you know. Now, yeah, through the many. 70s and 80s, like mm -hmm. in 90s, it kind of supplied all of Northern California and then bleeded out to everywhere else. It was just like there, the Northern California rural, like there was always, it was the hippies that went up there. It was the hippies. Right, right. But I mean, but, acid in the 50s and 60s that ran away from society and started growing pot. And then it yeah. got, when it went more black market, it got a little bit, that's when the apex of it is like, murder mountain area but i think all that's kind of dissipated into i mean i'm an old dude so i still have that fear of the old ways but it seems like you know the legalization especially on the west coast like is just like so regular like even people i know that have kids and shit they're like yeah smelling pot is no big fucking deal like it's almost like it's nice to know that it's there <laughs> yeah well i gotta tell you traveling around back then on like logging roads in a rental car during harvest season was you know treacherous i, I oh i'll just leave, i'll just leave it at that you know i mean you're basically you know kind of a target for everything yeah <laughs> you you're know? in the mountains you, man. You, I got you, caught. And, and you don't belong and it's the wrong time to be there when you don't belong and law enforcement knows it all the people in the mountains know it uh and you know the only reason i was able to get away with it because i was a journalist and I was just, you know, there with a the camera and you a notebook. Didn't have a four-wheel drive? 
<laughs> you think High Times is going to spring for that? Oh, it doesn't. You need a four-wheel drive and that. I got caught coming from Tahoe one time that I thought I was going to die. I, I, I bummed a ride with a dude just in a regular car trying to make the pass. Yeah. Up there, it's treacherous. Yeah, it's just mountain. You got to, it's, yeah. those are mountain people. Yeah. And I mean, they can tell when you're not from, from around there too. And, and at that time, things are very tense because, you know, the plants are coming down, but, but, you know, they're not finished. Everything's still up in the air. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot, obviously, on those trips and, and, you know, things have changed a lot. And like you mentioned, the, the fires uh, are really bad there and only get, seem to be getting worse. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's become really tough for the smaller farmers to compete uh, as well with, you know, the legal market. And so, you know, it, it, things change, you know, uh, everything changes. That's yeah, after thing. COVID, <laughs> who knows what, where the bar barometer, I think because of COVID, I heard cannabis blocks COVID. Um, well, I, it's, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it blocks it, but you know, it's it always good to, it's always good to keep your, you know, your immunity strong. Uh, and, but you know, the, it did in a way kind of save some of those, uh, farmers because the prices went up uh, substantially of cannabis, you know, in the legal market and in the underground. So uh, there's such and, a demand. Yeah, there's just such a demand. Man, I got a whack bag. I got a, a quarantine bag, man. It was whack. This dude must have <laughs> had this herb laying around for years because, you know, I was just, you know, I really wish it was almost like we could just roll into a dispensary. But, it, you know, everybody knows the deal. And it's I think it's going to go wide open. Yeah, I mean, and, we're uh, because just just and just I think last week, uh, just last week, uh, one of Cuomo's uh, spokespeople said there it's in the budget for this year, you know, so they said, well, you know, meaning 2021, basically, like said so by April, they're going to have something in place. So uh, I think the New Jersey vote and then that and Connecticut uh, going, like I said, is going to really change the the. Uh, the landscape here for us in the whole Northeast on the East Coast in general and throughout the United States, because that's the majority of the population. You know, you're talking about, you know, 40 or 50 million more people living in uh, a legal state. So it just becomes overwhelming at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's just going to become part of the culture. And as I say, it's not for everybody, but the people it is for, I think it's man and medically in a big way you know there's so many instances that i don't like to speak on because i don't know all the facts but uh yeah medically it's much needed for a lot of people i mean what's your opinion with cannabis and cancer well you know i think i think you know obviously when you're going through something like chemotherapy that affects your appetite and creates nausea um you know everybody even people who don't smoke cannabis ever in their life understand about the munchies, right? They know yeah, that, I, pot I, makes you hungry. That's kind of turn. They, like that's they know, weird. yeah. I mean, everybody knows that's the number one joke, you know, that anybody makes about weed is, oh, you know, break out the Funyuns and the chips and, you know, potheads get hungry, they get the munchies. So even though they joke about it, the, the reality of the munchies is, you know, if you're having trouble keeping down food or you have no appetite and then, you know, that, that food is keeping you alive. So just on that note alone, even if, you know, let's say, you know, there's anecdotal evidence, obviously, that cannabis 
helps shrink tumors, helps, you know, all these other things. But even just anecdotally, looking at the munchies alone, if they had a pill that can make you hungry the way that cannabis does, it would be a billion dollar industry. But just that just that pill. If they have, you know, pill a pill like that. And so it, it just on that alone, just on munchies alone, cannabis is is huge. Uh, and then you have, you know, lab testing and science scientists that are studying it, that are figuring out, wait, it actually, you know, there are receptors in, in your brain for cannabis. There are reasons why we need cannabis in our bodies and, you know, these uh, CB1 and CB2 receptors. And that's where, you know, CBD comes in and that's where CBG and all these other cannabinoids. And so we're talking about a medicine uh, that has a lot of, you know, potential and is basically a miracle medicine. Like Dr. Grinspoon said, years from now, people will look back on cannabis, medicinal cannabis, as something akin to penicillin. Uh, but, you know, we need the lab studies. We need the side by side. We need real, you know, uh, you know, certified lab testing to be done. Uh, and the government is standing in the way of that by having federal. Uh, you know, by having cannabis as a, you know, labeled as a uh, schedule one drug, which yeah, means there's 100%. no, means federally there's no medical benefit to this drug. Even, you know, cocaine is schedule two because of, you know, dentistry, uh, its ability to numb the gums and things like that. So it's insane that, you know, cannabis is in that schedule one and, uh, you know, that's what's holding back the research that could find out uh, what we at what we already know, which is that it has tremendous benefits, you know, in fighting this word on the street. Cannabis yeah. has been word on the street. Well, I mean, yeah, I've, I can't tell you how many, you know, thousands of people I've met who said cannabis saved their life in one way or another, whether it be from cancer, from epilepsy, from yeah. suicide, from post-traumatic stress, uh, from uh, so many different ailments from yeah, from addictions, it's an exit drug for people to get off of, you know, alcohol, alcoholism, uh, opiates, all of those things. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's I not for so... everybody, you know, I think everybody right. has their own makeup and brain chemistry. So it's like, you got to go through life and figure out and it's like, you can't really judge it on people drinking, you know, everybody has their own thing that they deal with reality with, but cannabis seems to right. be one of the more healthier ones. Yeah, I've and I, I, I'm not trying to force it on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying everyone should be smoking cannabis. I'm saying that it has benefits and it shouldn't be illegal and we shouldn't get thrown in jail for it. You know, that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm saying. And I don't even really care that much about the business of it. I wish more and more people grew their own. And that's why I call, originally called my first podcast Free Weed because I, I think it should be, you know, like a herb or a vegetable in your garden. And I don't think... It should be sixty dollars an eighth. I should be. It should be two dollars an eighth or five dollars an eighth. It doesn't Danny, cost that you're much. You're a kind man. You're a kind <laughs> man. Well, it doesn't cost uh, that much to produce. Kind. You've definitely right? given me a ton of free <laughs> some free joints in the past. And uh, that first podcast I was a guest on, and I loved it. And you have your own podcast. I want everybody to check out. If you definitely, if you're into growing, Danny is. We haven't even started talking there. We've been old friends, and it's great catching up. But uh, your new podcast is called. Uh, grow your own no it's grow bud yourself grow bud yourself yeah, grow yeah, bud yeah, yourself. yeah yeah and uh yeah it's a weekly show we did i did a show called free weed from danny denko uh 
for uh, from 2011 to 2018, uh, you know, in, in conjunction with High Times. And then I started up this show uh, now that I'm, you know, this is independent of High Times. It's just my own show with uh, my co-host and producer, Mike G. Uh, and it's called, Grow. Mike G. yeah, it's a weekly show called Grow By Yourself. We're about 25 episodes in. Uh, we still have, you know, over a hundred of the old free weed shows uh, as well um, that I'm very proud of. And uh, yeah, the new shows weekly, we have a Patreon page, all this, all that stuff. Um, and you know, yes, everybody go check it out, sign up to the Patreon, learn to grow. He keeps it simple and I haven't even started talking. I mean, to keep it simple to me in life, it would be great just to have a backyard that I can grow some tomatoes and like one to three cannabis plants and, um, you know, maybe have a tree house, you know, maybe live in the tree house. <laughs> and have yeah. two plants out there by a river, right? And then I would fish, <laughs> I would throw my own fish off my house and have some cannabis plants there. One to two to three, right? Don't you think you can maximize, like if just tell the simplest way to grow, Danny, like could I actually go out to my store right now and get a bucket, right? And then get some dirt and then find an old bag. Could I do that? <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, technically you could, but I mean, I think the easiest, simplest thing for someone to do is pick up a, a grow tent kit, you know, like a three by three uh, tent with the lighting and everything and the fans all included. You can get these for like five or 600 bucks and it's got everything you need. Um, you set it up, you know, like it's almost like having an appliance um, in the house, like an extra fridge. Uh, and you just set it up. One person can set it up and take it down. Like you said, you get the buckets, uh, fill them with dirt, uh, you know, soil, not dirt, <laughs> technically, uh, or a soilless mix. And then you just hand water them and, and you yeah, know, it doesn't take too much. Uh, that's you know, with lights, right? That's indoor. Right. That's indoor with lights. Um, if you're going to do it outdoors, you know, yeah, like just like you said, you just need a lot of sun sunlight. You know, you can't yeah, really have it. That's why super. Northern California is so good for it. Um, and that's what I always thought about the South. Like they should get behind cannabis. It's actually in Virginia where I'm from, a great place to grow cannabis because it's kind of mountainy and it gets hot. Yeah, I mean, that's a hemp, hemp was grown there, uh, you know, prior to World War II. Uh, tons and tons of hemp were, were grown in Kentucky, Virginia all those places, there's even still a lot of wild hemp growing, uh, you know, on the side of the roads and stuff. Oh, wow. Talk <laughs> on that a little bit. Well, like, yeah, uh, I mean, talk about a... when did cannabis become illegal? Well, that's in the thirties, uh, when they basically made the, the marijuana tax act, you know, and that's the beginning of cannabis prohibition, basically almost timed perfectly to the end of alcohol prohibition, uh, you know, cause they needed something new to, as an enemy, uh, alcohol became legal, uh, you know, countrywide. And so, you know, you had all these agents in all these federal agencies that were working on alcohol cases and suddenly now they needed a new enemy and, and cannabis played a perfect role because, you know, A, you had, you know, the relationship of cannabis and, and hemp uh, and, you know, the idea that hemp uh, was an alternative to you know, paper and, and plastic and all these petrochemicals and things. And then at the same time, you know, the people who were 
consuming cannabis were uh, Mexicans and, and, and black people. And, you know, they could easily be demonized and they could be that cannabis could be used to as a way to get into their pockets and and put them in jail and things like that. So uh, it kind of, you know, was a kind of a perfect storm uh, culminating in the beginning of prohibition. And that's the thing that people don't understand is like, it, it's, it's only been, you know, 70 or 80 years. It's not like, you know, it's always been this way and it can always go back to being a medicine and being legal um, a lot. You know, people just think it's been this way forever. And yeah, they don't know can, any better and that society can, actually ran just fine on it. And it's actually dates back to like centuries and centuries. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a mystical, cool, wild, uh, good plant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's cultures um, where they've been producing hash for thousands and thousands of years, you know, so it's it, it goes back through time and, and, and history back to, you know, King Solomon and <laughs> times like that. I mean, that's, that's the reality. And you could say the same thing about our, our entire system of like factory farming and all this nonsense that we do. It, it only goes back to just after World War Two, uh, when everybody started moving to the suburbs and, you know, supermarkets became a thing and, and all this, you know, farming practices that we use that are destroying our soil and really, um, you know, damaging and harmful to not only the soil, but to us, because the products that come out of damaged soil are damaged products. So, yep. but but it hasn't always been that way. People are just stuck yeah. into thinking that, oh, you know, that's the only way you can feed a huge population. That's not true. And we need to bring back the idea of small batch farming and, you know, not just corn and soybeans that are subsidized by the government, but everything, you know, we got to bring back, uh, you know, the genetic diversity of all of these amazing plants that uh, and just you know, not only simple. not only feed us, but, you know, nurture us. They're medicine. Cannabis is yeah. a medicine, you know. I, yeah, I think it's all goes even back to the rainforest and the respect of the environment and being one with plants, being respectful of plant life. And that even goes to the legalization of mushrooms, which is being respectful to fungi, you know, yeah. being respectful to the earth. And, you know, I just think the tide is changing with global warming and pollution. I just saw something today like Detroit with COVID and pollution. It's all fucked up there. Like, do you want to know the solution to it? To, to, to... I think legalization may of cannabis will give a respectfulness to plants. You know, well, that'll bring help, more but... organic plant life into their life. And, you know, even with being COVID, I got the snake plant. I got a fern here. You got a plant. You know, oh, yeah. My it, it helps your mood. They're mood enhancers. Wouldn't you say that plant life? I mean, we're all trying to go well, hiking and shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and that's, you know, that's mood enhancers. That's that's up to us. They, they literally are cleaning the air. You know what I mean? They're like, <laughs> they're cleaning the air. They're creating, uh, they're pulling in, uh, you know, CO2 and releasing oxygen, which is the opposite of what we do. We pull yeah, in Yeah, what are you doing, release. motherfucker? Yeah. So yeah, we're giving them CO2 also. You know, it's a reciprocal relationship. And you mentioned fungi, um, fungal, you know, strands, the mycelial strands that are beneath the soil. Uh, they have a relationship with plant roots. Uh, that is very complex and very important. And I highly recommend a film on Netflix called Kiss the Ground. 
it's narrated by our old buddy uh, Woody Harrelson. And oh, nice. it really does show you what the solution to these problems is, because all we see is how bad things are getting and the problems and the fires. And if you want to know the solution, the solution is to feed the soil and have a living soil and grow all of our food in living soil and sequester carbon in that soil and in those roots. And if we just change the way we look at farming and food production, um, we can reverse the effects of uh, of climate change. It's a fact. Yeah. And and if you watch that movie, Kiss the Ground, you'll see that it's it's a possibility. It's not like something that's far fetched. It can be done, and it should be done. Yes, that's great, man. I will check out that flick. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, the respect of the ground and uh, farming and I was going to say simplicity, like everything I'm trying to, I got, there's so many distractions now with the internet and I'm doing a podcast is, as you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time. So I appreciate your time, Danny. I really do. Uh, but, uh, but uh, it's, you know, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, to touch on what we were just talking about, the, the first relationship between any life on earth uh, was fungus and plant. You know, that was the oh, first yes. relationship. So, so you're talking about going back to the past or whatever. That's the original, uh, you know, relationship on Earth, not Adam and Eve or anything else. And so, uh, it really is the, the the simple solution to our problems is to continue that relationship going. And that means no-till farming, living soil, uh, using cover crops, rotating crops, uh, incorporating worms and beneficial bacteria and uh, beneficial fungi and all of these things into our soil and having a living, uh, you know, soil uh, that's part of the soil food web. So all the beneficial bugs and bacteria are there. And then there's the harmful ones, but there's ways to treat them uh, naturally. And that's really the solution, you know, for cannabis and for apples and for vegetables and for everything, for even for the animals that eat those, you know, haze and, and things that grow out of that living soil are going to be healthier as well. Yeah, man. Because um, with uh, fungus, it's all about, with mushrooms, it just seems to be more and more mainstream for mental health. And right now with everything that's going on and mental health is coming out of the surface along with everything else that seems to be coming out of the surface of society. And uh, people are just uh, getting uh, more used to the idea of, you know, tripping once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> fairly it mainstream. Simple. Yeah. No, it's becoming very mainstream. I mean, microdosing is very popular. Uh, people taking trips, uh, um, doing ayahuasca, you know, ceremonies and things. Uh, and I, there are tremendous breakthroughs happening for people, whether it be post-traumatic stress, uh, you know, couples therapy, uh, all kinds of situations that where people are just, they have unresolved trauma. And uh, at this point, it's like we all do, you know what I mean? We've all been, the whole world has been through um, this sort of, you know, catastrophic event, you know, where people are dying and, and, and it's crazy. And, um, you know, we all need some, a, a way to reset our, our, our bodies and our minds. Uh, and that's what exactly what psychedelics can do. Um, and, you know, I think it's very important and they're becoming legal in certain places now, Oakland and uh, in uh, Denver. And, and I think uh, 
Boulder and a few other spots have and Ann Arbor, Michigan, have actually voted to legalize, uh, you know, psychedelics uh, that you know people are finding to be beneficial. And organizations like Maps are using these um, in in tests and studies to find out that um, it's very effective for people uh, that are stuck in some kind of traumatic situation, whether it's uh, addiction. Uh, you know, post-traumatic stress or, or anything else. It's just a way out, you know? Yeah, I, I think I, I need a mushroom trip soon. I haven't had one in a while. I think I need to cleanse the lens, but I got a lot of going on. But soon <laughs> I, sh I need to, uh, to, to knock it out here. It's been a while because, um, but that's the thing I was just thinking about. Like, you never hear anybody, <laughs> you never hear anybody being addicted to psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because there's some type of gear. Like I'll just look at what I've seen in my past, and I don't know if this is true, but people that do trip a lot, there seems to be a number that the trips will go bad if you over trip. Like if you do like 20 trips in a row, like I think it is something that's good like once a year, you know, or twice. I don't know. It's up to whoever what you got going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's no, like one sure. of those things that at the universe, or it's it's just it's connected to everything that your body just knows when you know i don't know or your yeah, mind no, i agree 100 i think it's something uh you know the it, microdosing is a little different because you know you're not actually tripping yeah you're just sort of um low level your, yeah low Although, level mood enhancer uh yeah. organically let's say right uh, uh but, before yeah. i let you go man because we're right about an hour but uh uh, what's your morning coffee ritual? What's your ritual these days? Well, I'm just right now I'm doing iced. Uh, I'm kind of just on the cusp of switching back over to hot. Um, but I kind of go, you know, hot to iced. Uh, occasionally, I'll do a cold brew. Uh, if I just need that, you know, burst uh, <laughs> of energy. <laughs> um, no sugar, you know, I'm trying to cut out the sugar. So no sugar, sometimes maybe a splash of cream. Uh, I'm, I've been getting into oat milk. You fucking with my oat milk. I'm fucking yeah. with the oat milk a little bit. Good, good, good. I do. I do. I, I'm almost full oat milk, but I still, I'll still go. I'll go regular with cow here yeah. and there. I'll go cow, but it's man, that is crazy. Yeah, for sure. Plant milk. Yeah. We're drinking sometimes. plant milk, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oat uh, milk is the one. The oat milk is the one is, that's like the closest for me to. To real milk and like yeah i'm digging yeah it. i think it tastes good cool. i think it's I good for milk. cereal yeah 100 percent. yeah it's yeah good. i like the taste even uh but i like regular milk uh to each their own man but uh danny thank you so much for being on the podcast today man i appreciate it <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> thank you uh check out leaf magazine and where can they get them man these are like free old school that yeah check it out he's showing yeah. one so this will be behind the Patreon, but the uh, so but people are subscribing. Check it out. Yeah, that's uh, that's for my podcast. I have the Patreon. Um, Northeast Leaf is a magazine that I've been working uh, with the guys who did Northwest Leaf um, and part of Leaf Nation. It's a free magazine for the eight states of the Northeast, and uh, you can pick it up at your local dispensary or head shop, or contact us because we are uh, starting to do subscriptions, uh, paid subscriptions to it as well. But other than that, it's free to pick up uh, at your local dispensary or head shop. Oh man, check it out, everybody. What kind of articles are in there? Is it mostly like grow articles or just- uh, it's, uh, 
it's more for the consumer. So it's mostly like, you know, uh, strain of the strain of the month, uh, concentrate of the month. Um, we focus on, you know, people who are in the industry, um, uh, you, uh, business owners who have, uh, you know, dispensaries or glass shops or anything like that. We're, we're just part, trying to be the voice of the Northeast uh, cannabis community. And what's industry. the strain of the month this month? Oh, uh, GG4 is the strain of the month for November. But yeah, so GG4. Now, what exactly? Yeah. Is Originally, that was Gorilla Glue. Originally, it was called Gorilla Glue, but I think they got. Yeah, sued. I've had a bunch of Gorilla Glue. That yeah. was hot on the streets for yeah. a long time. This one in here is GMO cookies, uh, garlic, mushroom, and onion cookies. Oh my uh, gosh, garlic, mushroom, but, <laughs> and onion cookies. But yeah, we just want to be the voice of uh, of the cannabis community and uh, industry in the Northeast. And as all these major changes are happening rapidly. Um, so that's the magazine that's monthly. And then, uh, weekly I'm doing the podcast, uh, grow bud yourself and you can go to growbudyourself.com uh, to subscribe or, or find out if you can listen to it on anything, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. And then I have my book that's been selling pretty well lately. Cannabis, a beginner's guide to growing marijuana. Um, it's a great for, book. Yeah. Check people, out his book. Uh, yeah. Cannabis, the grower's guide to marijuana. Uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, tell us about, you wrote a book that was wild. You've written a few books all about cannabis, but this is the latest one. Yeah, I did a strain book in 2011 with High Times uh, called the High Times Field Guide to Marijuana Strains. Uh, and then this one I did uh, for beginner growers, you know, how to grow. Um, real basic, simple step-by-step -step stuff so that people could, you know, uh, anybody could, could get started, you know. So it's very entry-level beginner stuff, but but, you know, I like it. Well put yeah, man, pick it up if you're interested in growing or it just kind of looks chill. It, it would be cool on a coffee table. Even if you don't <laughs> grow, you can be like, yo, this is I, I know about this shit. Uh, but also use it to yeah. grow or give it to you. Somebody's going to take it. No, that book is hot off the shelf. Man. <laughs> Go buy this book. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, during the, COVID, the... man. Shout out Danny Danko. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, put up. All right, brother. All right. Peace, love. We're out. That's it. Tres, cuatro. ¡Hey!